Good morning. My name is Dawn Hilton Williams, and welcome to the Urban Eats Speak Show, where we're radicalizing wellness one bite at a time. For our first-time listeners, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, the Urban Eats Speak Show is a platform that allows my company, Urban Eats, to spread our message and mission to radicalize wellness with food. Urban Eats is a plant-based food service and product solutions company, and this program allows me the privilege to bring you voices that are rich in experience and leadership, and they're experts in their field of healthy lifestyles, so that you and your family can get the information you need to get radical about wellness. Our guest this morning has a wealth of experience working directly in the fields of Medicaid and as well as the public housing sector space. With a BA from USC Aiken, a master's in management, leadership, and numerous community-based board affiliations with organizations like the American Lung Association in Greenville, Urban League of the Upstate's professional, Young Professionals Network, and Big Brother, Big Brother, Big Sister of the Upstate, this young lady brings forward some insights that will be helpful as we discuss the pandemic health crisis that's plaguing communities of color at a very disproportionate rate. So join me, if you would, in welcoming to the program, Ms. Brianna Jones. Thank you for coming. Good morning, Brianna. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes, I know it's, I know it's early, but I know that you are an early riser. And I, Brianna's a personal friend of mine, so I just want to let you guys know, um, I've worked with Brianna on numerous projects. Uh, Brianna um, is from Orangeburg, South Carolina, right? I am. And uh, that you served uh, as a community relations coordinator for Absolute Total Care here in the upstate. Uh, tell us... Um, Tell our listeners a little bit more about what you do as it relates to community wellness. Yes. So I work for one of the state's Medicaid health plans and I do community relations throughout the state. Mm -hmm. So that gives me an opportunity to work with the disenfranchised populations throughout the state. And we aim to manage their care, help them be healthier. And we do that through different um, community outreach initiatives throughout the state. Okay. That's now that's a lot. Now I know that you're so you're statewide what you do with Absolute Total Care, but I know that you also um tell me about one of your initiatives that have been particularly effective here in the upstate. Do you have one that stands out or or is it all give me a little bit of that? Yes, you know, I would honestly have to say a lot of the initiatives that we do geared towards healthy eating have been successful and mm-hmm. actually one that I did with you mm-hmm. with Urban Eats um plug. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, it's, it's the honest truth. Yeah, you know we you. we had gone out and worked with the Head Start throughout the Upstate mm-hmm. and did um, healthy cooking demos for the parents during their parent meetings. And for me, just to see them so engaged, so interested, mm-hmm. um, they really wanted to know how to cook healthier, how to prepare these type of meals for their children. So for me. Anytime we bring an opportunity like that to demo, to show, to exhibit how to eat healthier, there's a lot of interest. Um, and so I think that's a strong point for the community. Yeah, I agree. Um, I remember that specifically we did a few of those Head Start uh, events, um, the food demos. I remember getting a couple of emails from some of the um, la- Latino community uh, residents who um, were participants. And, and um, one particular talked about how she helped her kid. Um, in, in making the food that we made at that event. So Absolute Total Care has done a lot. And you personally, Brianna Jones, have done a lot out in the community. So we thank you for what you do. Thank you. We thank you. A lot of people do it, um, but don't do it as, as much as you do. You spend a lot of time. So uh, we appreciate what you're doing out there. Um, let me ask you another question. I know you've worked with the Augusta Housing Authority. Mm-hmm. For many years you did. 
uh, tell us a little about how that engagement uh, gave way to deeper insights into communities uh, through your work with public housing. Yes. Yeah, so worked with public housing um, fresh out of college. My first professional job um, that I had, and that was an opportunity for me to really work with this demographic, um, the low income demographic, and really get an insight to their needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked in the resident services department, so it's a department in my company that directly worked with the residents. Right. And so we did a lot of outreach. We supported them in different ways. Our goal was to keep them self-sufficient um, in all areas. So for me, that really um, gave me an insight. And then being able to come over and work in under Medicaid, still working with the same demographic, gave me even more insight to why it is so important that we are healthier than we are right now. Right, right. And and that's that's a good segue into and Medicaid. Let me ask you a little bit. Um I know that people know what Medicaid is generally, but I have a Medicaid expert here on, on the show. So I'd like can you explain a little bit about Medicaid and how that works with re- regard to what we're talking about? Um what Medicaid allows and does? Absolutely. So Medicaid is a government sponsored health insurance um for low income working poor and the nation really. Um and so this group is the group that you're going to see going to the emergency room for everything. Um, they mm-hmm. don't, they may have a PCP, but they don't manage they ca- their care. PCP, like what is that? Primary care physician. Okay, okay just for that. the listener, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So they may have a primary care physician, but they're not managing their care um, okay. like they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where we step in to sort of be their health insurance plan under Medicaid to um, make sure that their care is managed as it should be, because we know when you go get preventative care, mm-hmm. you're able to have long term health because you're right. able to catch things. Um, and for us as a health plan, diabetes is a is a big ailment yeah. um, that we that we that our members suffer from. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, very well, Dawn, um, diabetes can very well be prevented through diet. Um, and so for me, it's a blessing to have a job where I'm able to sort of support this community in this. And I'm also very passionate personally about health and wellness. So I feel like personally, I have a, a wealth of, of um, experience in trying different things, trying different mm-hmm. vegetables, different foods, different diets, because you have to take the initiative um, to make yourself healthier. Right. And this demographic um, needs a lot of support. Is is what right. I've I've sort of found um, in, this in area, my experience. Right. Yeah. So when we when you talk about that personally, I'm going to talk a little bit about your personal journey in food. But um, I think you're right. Um, the our the demographic that is your Medicaid demographic, the support. Do you think that's the support that? Do, what is the best way do you think to approach getting the education out? Uh, because I think to to do the healthy food demos, great. How do we keep a continuous conversation going? For those on Medicare plan, Medicaid plans, mm-hmm. and for those that are, um, you know, socioeconomically disenfranchised, how do we kind of get that healthy can change your life and give you a more thriving life for the family? And how do we get that message across? Is it education? Is it uh, food demos? What do you think as a professional uh, in this area would be best? Um, I think it's education, definitely. I think um, a lot of people are just um, ignorant of the fact. So we're so bombarded with so much information 
and it's hard to know what exactly you need to do. Um, mm-hmm. But what I found working in this field is that people want the information. Right. Um, they want it and um, they have to be able to apply it themselves. So definitely you want to be able to educate them and provide them with the resources because I'm a person who's 100%. I have all the resources I need to live a healthy lifestyle, buy the groceries, do everything that I need right. to do. I don't have an issue, but everyone is not like that. Absolutely. So, you know, as it relates to the low income demographic, I feel like transportation and being able to go to so a grocery store like Whole Foods and, and different things like that. They don't have access to this in their communities. So, right. Um, so conversations as well. A lot of, a lot of help can come from just bringing a lot of this into their community. So whether it's an organization or a program that brings the program in where this, these people can get the resources they need or bring in a, you know, community gardens. I know that's a big thing that's popping up yes. now. Mm-hmm. Different things like that. Um, we've also worked with, I've worked, um, in my role here in the upstate with Mill Village Farms. Um, mm-hmm. and they have a mobile market where. Is that the one that you had? I've been on that van, I think. Is that yes. the one? Did they, are they very active still? They in the are community? active. I think they will start this year in May mm-hmm. and they normally go to community centers, um, in Greenville. And tell us a little bit more about what they do. Maybe I'll see if I can get Mill Village in. But do they say they bring healthy produce to um, communities that are underserved? Is that they correct? They do. They take their produce everywhere. So they go to businesses, but they also go um, to community centers in Greenville. Okay. Um, so they're targeting the parents um, and they're trying to bring the fresh produce into these communities. So a lot of people can just walk. Right. And grab this food. Um, So opportunities like that, but really just having the support, because even for me, I have all of the knowledge. I know exactly what needs to be done. I know what I don't need to be eating. I feel like I know all of these things and we may educate a person, but they need support because I need support. I'll call you and say, Dawn, I need some food. This is true. (laughs) You know, I may join an email list. For a vegan group, right. you know, all of the different things that I can do so that I'm constantly funneled with this information. Um, everyone needs to be aware, regardless of their um, socioeconomic status. Right. So let's talk a little bit about. Yeah, I agree on that. Um, you always need a partner in what you're doing. And and um, I guess that starts that starts at home. So we have to lead by uh, we have to get the parents involved and kids or we need to get the parents. So uh, let me ask you about your personal journey. Um what did a typical dinner look like in the Jones household in Orangeburg versus what it looks like now? I know that you're primarily veg- vet vegan mm-hmm. and um, like 99% of the time, but on occasion you fish and you little fish. But uh, tell me a little bit about uh, what it was like growing up um, in Orangeburg and family dinner and how it is now, how you're, what your it looks like now. So when I grew up, I ate a lot of fried chicken. I just remember <laughs> mm-hmm. eating a lot of fried chicken and a lot of vegetables, but we ate a lot of canned goods. You know, mm-hmm. um, I had, we had three children in the household. Um, so I don't really remember eating a lot of fresh vegetables um, at all. Um, so I did, I wouldn't consider the diet I had as a kid, a good diet. And if I were to ever have a child, my kid would not have the diet that I had. Mm-hmm. Um I think for me, as I got older and when I went off to college, I always lived on my own. I never lived um, 
in housing. So I had to learn how to cook to eat. Um, And so I would always call home and, you know, ask my mom and my grandma, hey, how do you cook this? How do you cook this? So I pretty much learned how to cook, which is definitely one thing you're going to need in order to kind of have this type of lifestyle. I learned how to do that. And then once I started working in Augusta, I had a friend who introduced me to the Daniel Fast. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know what the Daniel Fast was. Um, And of course, it has its religious reasons. But for me, I was more intrigued by, oh, my God, can I actually eat only vegetables for an entire month? Right. And I did. And it was okay. It was a challenge, but it was it was intriguing to me. So from that moment, I had a period of time where every other month I wouldn't eat meat and I would experiment on that month that I didn't eat meat with uh, different types of vegetables, different types of other products, the, right. um, the faux meat products that they have in place and really trying to make things like spaghetti, but replace it with full ground beef or, you know, or other cauliflower di- walnuts. And different yes. Things. Really different trying things. to find the replacements. Um, and from there, I really just got a, an appreciation for, for vegetables, really. Right. And it's like you almost have to go back. Um, and I think that your story is not different than than my story or anybody else's that are are, in the list, are listening. Mm-hmm. Um, we um, generationally ate. Uh, we generationally eat what our families uh, fix. And over the years, that has changed because the you know the animal products have changed so much. And um, what might have been healthy a hundred years ago or healthier is not healthy now mm-hmm. um, for us. And then and the chronic disease numbers prove that out. So. Um, um, it's just very interesting to hear that perspective. I think that um, learning how to cook and you being so independent early on helped you a lot. But I wonder um, how that is in communities all across the state and all across the upstate and how those lessons, food demos, or what kind of lessons we can get on healthy cooking. Um, so when we come back, uh, Brianna and I will talk about ways to move from health poverty to health wealth. I kind of call it health poverty because we're, we're suffering. And I'll bring in some stats when we come back. Uh, on how we can make the change. We don't just talk about negative stuff on the show. We talk about positive. So um, stay tuned with us, and um, we'll be back in a minute with Urban Eats Speaks. Are you tired of exercising and dieting like crazy? only to find you're still leaving the doctor's office with a fist full of prescriptions and a lot of bad news? Are you tired of your loved ones falling victim to completely preventable chronic diseases? If you answer yes, call Urban Eats at 877-581-3171. 877-581-3171. Urban Eats is your premier plant-based food and wellness solutions company specializing in big, healthy flavors. From prepared meals and food demos to advocacy and consulting and catering with your health in mind, Urban East wants to partner with you. Change the health destiny of you and your family today at urbaneats.com or call 877-581-3171. Hey, what's all about it? When you make a life choice, 
Welcome back to Urban Eat Speaks, where we're radicalizing wellness one bite at a time. If you're just joining in, um, I have the pleasure of speaking with my good friend, Brianna Jones, whose experience in both the healthcare and subsidized housing space has allowed us to dig in a little deeper in areas that are not often addressed in our communities. Um, often we speak about health disparities, uh, but I'm not sure we're really clear enough about what those numbers really look like. Uh, I'm only taking on one item here because if I went into all of it, we'd take the whole show. So we're going to talk about heart disease. Um, every week I present some facts that I hope, I'm hoping are proving helpful to you. Um, so let me give you some stats that I pulled from the CDC on um, heart disease um, in the African-American community. Every 40, and, and this is actually, the, the big number is, this is United States, then we're going to get into specifics. Every 40 seconds, an adult in the United States dies of a heart attack, a stroke, or or some related form of heart disease. Now that's every 40 seconds. So within the 30 minutes that you'll spend with us on this show, 45 people will lose their lives um, at the hands of just one of 13 preventable chronic diseases. So I just want to stress the word preventable. These are deaths that don't have to happen. Um, heart disease accounts for one-third of all American deaths annually at a rate of about 800,000 preventable deaths every single year with heart disease alone. Uh, and just in case you're thinking those folks are in the twilight of their lives and they're 80 or very old, uh, 20% of that one-third that I mentioned are people under the age of 65. So uh, just a statistic to give you, just so you get a real sense of when you say health disparity, what that really is. Uh, so when I reeled off those stats, Brianna, um, for heart disease, what thoughts came to your mind? I actually have a friend who is 35 now, mm-hmm. and he had a heart attack when he was 34. Wow. And um, so it's it's very serious, um, and this is something definitely that's near and dear um, to my heart. But he's one of my very, very good friends um, in Orangeburg, mm-hmm. and he just got a pain in his chest. I think he said he was in a shower, and he just couldn't get rid of it. And then it just got more and more intense, and he started sort of hyperventilating. So when he got to the hospital, of course, they do the EKG. Right. They immediately tell him you're having a heart attack. Right. And he's freaking out. Luckily, they were able to put stents in um, mm. to and he didn't die. Right. I mean, you know, so he's fortunate. Um, so now, of course, he's on these blood thinners and all these different medicines that he has to take for the rest of his life. Um, and he doesn't live a healthy lifestyle and so i've been talking to him a little bit about his diet and you mm-hmm. know because you have stents in but you still have to make sure that flow of blood is right those able. stents can be clogged as well exactly so the same, that will you don't need to have stents put in mm-hmm. and then eat fried chicken every day you know Correct. um so it's still preventative measures that you need to take um so those numbers are really real this man was 34 wow 34, and he has stents. So, I mean, and that's just one um, the, of the chronic diseases that are preventable. We have cancer. We have a number of other ones, diabetes. So the risk factors that, that um, lead us down that path um, and, and are, are, are a show within themselves. But it, it sounds like uh, we just need education. There's a lot of education that we don't have. Um, I wonder, I'm in mean, talking to you about someone that's 34, I mean, how – well, how do we value our our health? What is our monetary value on our health? I was able to look at some economics on health care um, and the cardiovascular disease alone. Uh, give a guess. What do you think it costs? I think, you know, but give a guess on what you think it might cost a year just to manage the 
cardiovascular disease in the United States uh, with regard to health care? It's a large number. A large number. So <laughs> let me tell you how large the number is. The number is, and that's just cardiovascular. We're not talking about cancer or any other thing. I want to be really clear, folks, because uh, we don't have money for schools. We don't have money for community centers, but we have $317 billion a year for preventable disease that we can change by what we're putting at the end of our forks. And um, I don't know, I, I can't stress enough to you that $317 billion in a year is being spent. Uh, $123 billion of that is attributed to lost productivity due to death. So $193 of it is going to direct costs of medical, but $123 billion is just gone. Has to do with taking, you know, going to losing time in, in productivity. And that is $123 billion we could use in our communities. So what do you think, um, in your opinion, I'm having experienced Medicaid, you know, in the Medicaid plan and, 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 um, in public housing. Is there a value? Is there a value thing we're missing in our culture? Are we missing something about what is, what is our worth? In your opinion, what is our, what are we missing in putting the worth on our life with what we put in our fork? And why, where is the disconnect? Do you, have you identified anything? Um, I don't know where the disconnect is. Um, I think we've just been incredibly brainwashed and Mm -hmm. it's just very difficult to get in a space that a vegetable can heal you. Right. Um, because we've just been fed so many lies for so long. Right. And it's easier to just take the pill and keep living the same lifestyle. Mm. And so many people choose to do that instead of saying, okay, look, I have these facts. Let me try something different um, that will give me longevity in life. So we as African-American population, we just value the wrong things. Um, And as long as I live, I will be putting my money towards my health before I put it towards any materialistic thing that I could think of. It's um, my health is definitely um, right. of the utmost importance to me, but that is not the case for everyone. Um, and that's just because we just live in this lifestyle, this, this, this society, especially with the internet and social media, people put so many, so much emphasis on things that don't matter. You matter. You have one life, you have one body and you should be taking care of your body. You should put be putting things inside of your body that matter. I don't know. I don't think people really realize what food is for. Like what, what is the purpose of food? Food is nutrition, nutrition, feeds your cells, your cells, program your body. I like that. Mm -hmm. And you think about a person who eats no fresh vegetables, starches, meats, processed food all day, every day. What do you think that is telling your cells? It's Mm -hmm. telling your cells to wreak havoc on your body and you're creating a bad future for yourself because when you're eating these fruits and vegetables and legumes and other things that are planted here for us, you are getting, you know, the nutrients that you need, the minerals, the vitamins that program yourselves to do good things for your body. And so it's science and, and, and people just, I don't think they really realize what food is for, you know? I, I, I agree. I think you brought up a lot of good points there. Um, one of the things that I think that people get a little, and I think that people care about their health. I will say they care. I just think because of the marketing and when we say, you know, there's this whole, the marketing, the way that food is marketed, the way that sub, food is subsidized, the dairy and, and, and the animal 
industry are subsidized heavily by the government. So in order to um, to keep those subsidies going, you know, there are some marketing there's some misinformation out there. So I think that people are so tired of hearing misinformation. They don't know what to believe. So it's easier just to go grab Mm Chick-fil-A, honestly. Um, Whether or not that's healthy or not, it it, it seems healthy because uh, milk does the body good and chicken's good for you because it's the other white meat or something. Pork or somebody's the other white meat. But bottom line is um, that's marketing. But the facts are out there, Brianna. And I like that you stressed that. What do you think those things are going to do with your body? Um, I think that people see chicken Um, based on what you said as a protein and that it does good for your body. But these, there's a third, what you're getting from the chicken, which is a protein is not naturally occurring in chicken or beef or animals. Animals don't generate protein. They get it from plants. So they're getting, you're eating a third party protein that you can get first party. That's not even whole. So um, I think it's just an education piece and it goes back to that. So um, I know that you value your health. I just, I guess I wonder how do we get our, our culture, our communities to have a little bit more value for personal health. And I have some tips. I actually found some um, good news in, in this, this, this negative, this storyline that we're doing today. It's very, it's very honest. We have to be honest about these things. We're honest about a lot of things on social media and, and we're honest a lot about a lot of things, but we don't want to talk about health. We'd rather not talk about it. So that's why we're here. Um, the CDC, um, I'm sorry, uh, chronic disease uh, risk factors uh, can be reduced um, based on some studies done by in Harvard uh, by 90% um, if you have a plant-based lifestyle. So when you're taking statins, the, the stats are that um, 20% to 30% reduction. So while you take your pills and you live on them for your life, you still have the 70% risk of having a heart attack, diabetes, or cancer. But if you live a plant-based lifestyle, this balance you'll have a 90% reduction and only a 10% risk. I don't think that's been shared enough in our communities, which is kind of why we have this show. So um, some of the things that we can do, um, I don't know, what are your local resources? What? How do you kind of, outside of Urban Eats, um, what do you kind of do? Oh, look, looks like we're, we're a little bit short on time. So what we're going to do is bring Brianna back, hopefully. Uh, we have a couple of resources. Nutritionfacts.org is a website you guys can go to to um, look up anything you want. There, there are videos and everything from Dr. Michael Greger. Uh, we have Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. There's a 21-day challenge on there. And these are folks that are plant-based medical people. There's plantbaseddoctors.org. And um, I want to thank Brianna Jones for coming in today. And thank you very much. And you're very informative. So join us next week for another uh, talk on Urban Eat Speaks, where we're radicalizing wellness one bite at a time. And thank you for joining us. I hate these words that I say. You better think about your choices.